Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being here with us today. I appreciate you. I know that you have a busy life, a busy schedule, but I appreciate the time that you take out. And I want you to know that it is an honor to me that you would choose to do this, but also that this is good for you. It will help up-level you today. And that is what we want to talk about the whole entire episode. We've got some great authors here with us and some really amazing content. And I want to talk about today that powerful, powerful word called today. Think about that one for a minute. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, rejoice while it's called today. Now think about that for a minute. In other words, we can't do anything about tomorrow. And we can't fix or change anything about yesterday. You've heard me quote my good friend Ernie Villanueva, who's been on the show a couple of times. Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is the only legal tender you can spend. Today. It's such a powerful word. And yet, I think of the song. I wonder if you guys have ever heard this. My favorite YouTube video of it is actually... um, Leonard Des Moines uh, walking around in his in his fuzzy slippers and bathrobe. And, you know, the song is, Today I don't feel like doing anything. I just want to lay in my bed. We've all had those days. I just recently, in fact, just the last couple of days, I'm still coming out of having been really sick just to the point where I was just worn to the bone. It just felt like pushing mud uphill to even just walk across the house. We've all had those days. We've also had those days emotionally, you know, where um, it doesn't even really matter because I'm not really here to critique whether it's a huge thing or whether it just feels huge to you in the moment, but where emotionally we just felt drained. Have you ever been there? I know you have. And a lot of times, part of the human condition when we have trauma we tend to go internal. And we quickly latch a hold of a message that says, nobody understands. You know how it is. Have you ever heard yourself say that one? Nobody's ever gone through this. Nobody understands. Yes, but you don't know how bad it is. In fact, some of you are probably saying, while I'm saying, rejoice while it's called today, But Steve, you don't know how bad today is. And you're right, I don't. But what I do know is is that even a minute ago is now past. Even as I'm saying is now past, that's now past. And all we can do is maximize the now. So each morning when we wake up, we have a choice. Now, there are times when it's really difficult to do what Tony Robbins calls jump up and greet the day. I remember in church there used to be a phrase, do you wake up and you say, good morning, Lord? Or do you say, oh, good Lord, it's morning. Still morning. You're still up. You're still going to have to do some things. But the question becomes... Where are you? What are you thinking? And what can you do with today? So maybe it has been a really tough day. I've had them. I can't say that physically I'm at the peak of my Steve-ness today. 
So I get it. I know exactly what that feels like. But what I can tell you is, is that fear and service cannot exist in the same space. You can't, you literally cannot be fearful and be in service at the same time. What I can tell you is, is that when we serve others, when we give, it has an energizing, a, a charging effect on us. Now, I'm gonna tell you up front, if you push yourself in the giving, there will be that rubber band effect. You cannot overgive without there being repercussions. Nothing done in the extreme is going to serve you long term. Whether that be, uh, you know, absolute complete health diet, too much exercise, all of those kind of things, nothing done in the extreme is the way it's supposed to be. There's a certain balance. Now, does that mean that there um, are no extremes that we should, we should have? And, and the answer to that is absolutely not. We need those extremes. Uh, we need those times when we do the 50-yard dash. But imagine if a runner who is a sprinter does the 50-yard dash, is the Olympic athlete, the world-breaking champion at the 50-yard dash. Imagine if he ran at that speed for a 24K marathon or for a 24-mile marathon. Think about that for a second. Top speed, as hard as you can give it for the whole 24 miles. First of all, you and I both know from experience that there's nobody that has the ability to be able to do that. It's just not physically possible. Your body will eventually give out on you. Now, <laughs> there's, you know, kind of a highlight, you know, in quotes, or there's a little asterisk that, you know, you got to go down and read the fine print because what can feel like a walk for some people, may feel like a sprint for others. For those of us that have had issues with our mobility, we understand how powerful movement is and how much slower than maybe even the average person we are. And so when I say, um, you know, that sprinter, I, I am really wanting to make sure that I draw the picture for you of that world-class record-breaking pace so that you see that in that moment, that's powerful. That's the way to break that world record. But if you tried to maintain that across a 24-mile marathon, you wouldn't make it to the end. I remember when one of my kids, Amber, in fact, when she was little, uh, we used to always tease that she didn't actually learn how to walk until after, well after she was three, maybe even four years old, because she ran everywhere. Soon as she got up on her feet, she dashed between, you know, this couch and that couch or something along those lines. And, uh, you know, she was able to make it. And then she was just go, 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 go for years, um, you know, and the thing about it is, though, is, is that after dashing from one couch to the next, she would stop. Often, she would plop on her little diaper butt, you know what I'm saying? And have to sit there for a little bit before she would get up and have the energy to make that next mad dash. Same thing's true with sprinters. There are Olympic athletes that absolutely compete in multiple, uh, you know, sprint events. There's even a few that, you know, they do sprinting and long distance. But they don't do them simultaneously and or back to back. They give them time to breathe. Right? Okay, so the same thing is true with our lives. We're going to have today some things that we're going to go full tilt on for a sprint, for a moment, for a time, for a little bit. But then we also need to stop, breathe, inhale, 
take a moment, collect ourselves. We need to intentionally, in our today, set aside quality time for prayer, meditation, centering yourself. Whatever your particular spiritual belief is, you need time to nourish that spirit part of you, that inside of you, that is more than your ability to think or your ability to move, but is at the depth and the core of who you are as a person. You need time to feed, to nourish, and to build that. You need time each day where you use your mind in an active way. You know, I, I don't know if any of you have older parents, both of my parents, my dad just turned 80 this year, my mom turned 81 this year. Um, and it's important, doctors will even tell them to do things like Sudoku or uh, things like that, that make them stay mentally alert, that makes them use those brains. Those brain muscles still need to be activated. So we need time for that. We need to move our body. There are days when we're sick and when we don't feel like doing anything, but it's still good for us. Um, you know, and most doctors will even agree after a major surgery or something like that, the sooner you can get out of bed, there's extremes in that too. And I'm not a proponent of the getting up to the point where you're screaming in pain just because you're supposed to get up. But the sooner you can get up and begin walking around, the better it is for your body and for your systems to know, okay, we can go back to life as normal after the trauma of a surgery or those kind of things. We need all of those. That's what makes up today. But then there's a magic. There's a special secret ingredient that I'm going to give with you today. And that's intention. We need to take advantage of, capture, seize, grab a hold of intention. And I'm going to even go further with that and say positive intention for today. Now, there's things that we need to plan out more than a day in advance, more than just on the spur of the moment. But as we start into each of our todays, we need to have an intention for the day. You would be so much better off to powerfully complete one thing today with intention than you would be to do a thousand things and only do them halfway. My dad, and I'm sure he probably still uses it, I just haven't heard him say it in a while, always says... If you don't have time to do something right in the first place, when are you going to have time to go back and fix it? And that's really kind of the heart and soul of this whole today thing. We need to make the most out of today. Right where we are, right who we are, with everything that's going on. Maybe the kids have events today. Maybe you don't feel like doing anything. You are sick. You have overran, tried to sprint the marathon, and you have emotionally worn yourself out or physically worn yourself out. I did a stress test the other day where they intentionally try to get your heart rate up just as fast as they can get it. And I got to tell you, honestly, for the next really, it was almost a week ago, and I'm just now getting back to a place where it isn't having a moment-by-moment -moment effect of me to have exercised at that rate. And we have those. But with all of that in mind, we get intentional about powerfully making use of today. So that when we lay our head on the bed, because at the end of the day, we're gonna be tired, whether we wasted the whole day or we maximized the whole day. And so at the end of the day, when you lay your head on your bed, I want you to be able to say, today was a good day. There may have been challenges, but I maximized today with intention. Again, like I said, today, it's such a powerful word. And I hope you will make some maximum use 
out of while it's called today. That's one of the key secret ingredients to living as a thriving entrepreneur. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into it. Let's have a couple of great authors here talk to you about some ways you can maximize your life, your business. You can make great use of while it's called today. I hope you have a pen and paper. You're ready to take some notes and you are ready to accelerate yourself today. What would you do if you knew the odds were in your favor? Well, here's what I have for you today, and that's that they are. To help us really understand that, I'm joined today by international best-selling author Nakia Boglin with her book, Favor the Odds. Hi, Nakia. How are you doing today? I am well, Steve. How are you today? Doing good, thanks. So tell us, uh, first of all, just a little bit about who you are and how you show up in the world. Well, I am a real estate broker, and I've been in the business for about 20 years, and um, I'm an investor and uh, a life coach, and so how I show up in the world is I'm constantly meeting people who want to go to their next level um, after seeing me uh, just basically be passionate about where I want to go, my dreams and my goals, so um, that's what I do, and that's what I take an interest in. So your book obviously is talking about moving from dysfunction, from obstacles, those things that get in our way. So give us an example of some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome in your own life. Um, basically, my environment, um, uh, coming from basically a dysfunctional family, um, being a single mom, having dreams and goals, and basically not having the resources to, at the time, to uh, follow my dreams and uh, just basically going out and seeking what I really wanted, um, even though I didn't have anything in front of me. So, uh, you know, I also had a situation where my, my daughter, my seven-year-old daughter passed away. And so uh, that was very devastating for me at the time. And I didn't live, you know, near family at the time. So it was very difficult uh, for me. There's a really powerful statement that you make in the description of your book. You say, do the very thing that seems impossible. Can you uh, explain that in more detail? Sure. Um, so I wanted to... Uh, one of the things that uh, I wanted to do, I wanted to move away and start something new. I just believe that it was something better on the other side of where I was. My struggle, my uh, um, the challenges, uh, all the obstacles. I just always believed that it was something much different than where I was. And I just wanted to push through to see what was there. Even though I didn't have any guidance to get there, um, I just really wanted to see what was on the other side, and I just pushed through. Um, even with the death of my daughter, uh, I wanted my son to be okay, and he was uh, 
he was basically uh, my motivation for keeping my head up uh, to finding strength. And at that time, strength was the one thing that um, just seemed like it was impossible because it was such a devastating experience. So I, I found ways um, to basically just strengthen myself as I moved forward. So what would you say, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things in the book, but let's just pick one. What is one of the skills that you learned to be able to, you know, summon up that strength and go forward in the face of such horrible kind of things? Uh, I would say meditating, uh, definitely uh, reading and um having faith and believing in myself and believing that the situation would definitely at some point turn around because it, it was what I believed that would happen. Um, and I just kept pushing forward. I wanted to, I, I wanted to um, at least find some way to just make things better than where, where I was. And so what does life look like now? Give me a picture of, um, you know, you went through all that stuff, but what's good now? Tell me some good stuff. Well, um, I volunteer a lot uh, at different organizations. Uh, I travel a lot. Uh, and uh, I have a best-selling book uh, that uh, has already started to help people. Um, and uh, for me, I get to do some of the things that I've always wanted to do in life. Um, just helping out with my um, girls' organization. Um, and uh, again, just seeing some of the things that I always wanted to see and do, all, do some of the things that I've always wanted to do. Um, and that was uh, start my own business. I have my own business, my uh, real estate uh, business. And so I've been in that for about... 20 years now, going on 20 years now. And so uh, I love it. And life for me um, is much, it's it's better um, than I really thought that it would be at some point. Because I knew that I could have something great. I just didn't know that it would, that I would find this happiness uh, again. If you could go back in time and talk to the 16 or 18 year old version of yourself uh, coming out of all of that stuff that was your background, what, what piece of advice would you give her? Oh my gosh. I would basically to uh, persevere, um, know that there is better uh, ahead, something different, um, and to understand that a lot of things that we're going through is simply for our growth. It's building uh, our character, our endurance for uh, things to come later. It's preparing us for a place uh, that we're headed to. And so it's, it was, um, it's basically preparing you for all the skills that you need to get to where you want to be. And so um, I would just tell her to continue to move forward and continue to believe continue to grow, continue to accept everything as a lesson and to, um, to mold gracefully. And what's your favorite kind of a client to get to work with these days? Who do you really wish, if you could just work with that one person all the time, what would they look like? Oh my gosh, it would be, uh, it would be, I would have so many. Um, favorites. Uh, it would definitely be um, first-time home buyers. Um, it would be um, it would it would be first-time home buyers to guide them and walk them through um, through uh, and what to kind of expect. And so uh, to make it more easier for them to come into their dream of home ownership. So I I, I would I just have so many favorite. Uh, and I, I don't know if I can just pick one, but I would do single moms and I would do people who are um, definitely like life after foreclosure because I've been there and that 
uh, was very different, and it was something that um, has taught me so much, uh, the personal experience. So um, I can't say just one, but uh, I can't say just one of my favorite moments. We'll give you more than one in this case. (laughs) So, um, you know, you're working with somebody, they've gone through something really horrible, um, and they just need a little piece of advice. I know there's going to be people that are listening that are in that place. What, um, what one thing would you uh, advise somebody that they could do right now today to just move a little bit from dysfunction to dynamic? Um, first, to just believe that there is, there is better. It's everything that you believe that you or everything that you desire. It, it can happen. It will happen and to uh, stay focused on what you're looking towards and um, not to get uh, so overwhelmed about where you are um, because there's always a way out. There's always um, a resolution. There's always uh, a step, uh, the next step to um, to um, moving forward and to find some clarity. That's good. Yeah. So how can a person who wants to dig a little deeper with you? I mean, of course, obviously they need to get the book, but if they want to take that next step with you, how would they get in contact with you? Do you have a website or a Facebook? I do. On Facebook, I am Nakia Boglin and the website is boglinandassociates.com. And, um, they can reach me through, uh, definitely send me a Facebook message, um, reach out to me actually on the website. Either way is absolutely fine, and I'll definitely get back with them. The book is called Favor the Odds, Dysfunction to Dynamic by international best-selling author Nakia Boglin. Nakia, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I really appreciate it. Time for you to favor the odds in your life. Make the most out of today. Make the best out of your life. I know there's some things that happened. And unfortunately, there's no magic that can make those go away. But what is the magic is being able to not have to live all of our future, but just simply take a step. Something simple that makes tomorrow better, but also makes today great. That maximizes the potential of today and allows us to favor the odds, to tip the odds into our favor and find ourselves living blessed and in a place where today becomes the best day that we've lived. That sounds good, doesn't it? I like it. I hope you will take advantage of it as well as we all strive together to live as thriving entrepreneurs. We will be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this, what would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because... It serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. 
Thanks for listening today to Thriving Entrepreneur as we maximize all that we can today. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I have another great best-selling author here with you that is going to share with you some really powerful things about perception versus reality, about the fact that sometimes yesterday was just really awful. But what we can do is we can reframe. We can perceive differently than what we did. We can see how things bless us, how things make us better. And then we can truly maximize today. I want that. I bet you do too. I'm looking forward to be able to present these people to you and help you be able to really thrive as you go through today and have it be an amazing day for you. Join me in welcoming James Purpa. Hey James, how are you doing today? Good, Steve. How are you? Doing good. Do you prefer James or do you usually go by Jim? I always go by James. Okay. All right. So, last name is Purpura, by the way. Purpura. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, tell me a little bit about yourself and your wife, and um, you know what's got you to this point in your life. So, about 16, 17 years ago, I, my wife and I, just before my wife and I met, I was sitting in solitary confinement. And so the story kind of goes that I had this epiphany and this epiphany was, right, do I create my experiences or don't I create my experiences? Because I was looking down at a list I'd written of people I felt like had harmed me. And the recognition that I had was is that um, during, is that the only common denominator between all of those situations was me. And so I thought, well, either I am the creator of my experiences or I'm not the creator of my experience. And so it was on that day, I kind of took my power back and decided that if I, that I was the creator of my experience and that I would own everything that had ever happened to me and that I would create a life that was great and wonderful for me. And so shortly getting, after getting out of jail, I meet my wife who just had come off a few years earlier, a pretty brutal suicide attempt. And we decided, you know, we're both seekers. We're, we decided we we're gonna rebuild our lives together and we promised if we ever got to kind of the top, if we ever made it out of all of the treachery that we had experienced in our lives, that we would share the ideas we learned along the way with others. And so that's what our book and our movie is about. The book is called Perception. Seeing is not believing. It's time to evolve. So um, let's jump into some concepts that you're introducing there. Um, let's talk first about seeing is not believing. What do you mean by that? So you hear your whole life that seeing is believing, seeing is believing, right? Well, actually, the way that the, the science of perception works is seeing is not believing, right? Believing is seeing. So what I mean by that is that I think everybody goes in with the assumption that they see reality, when in fact they don't see reality. Our minds have zero access to reality. We only have our interpretation of what we think reality is. And that interpretation changes from moment to moment. And so another underlying principle around perception is that you only see what you believe to be possible. And how that works is, is that in any given moment, your mind is taking in millions of bits of information. And so your perception's job is to go categorize that information into the most interesting bits. Your mind doesn't give any, basically doesn't give any relevance to things that you don't believe are possible, just like you wouldn't go to the end of the rainbow, look for a pot of gold because it would be a waste of time. And so that's the whole concept in our book is that if once you understand how your perception and your emotions work, and you start to shift your perception of the world, then anything is possible. And so we like to use a little story to illustrate this point, Steve. And the story is this, is I want you to imagine a man. This man's got, wants more than anything to be in a relationship. He wants to be loved, except he's got abysmal self-esteem. He's just got a terrible self-image of himself. 
One day he walks into the store. He walks up to the counter and the girl behind the counter starts flirting with him. My question for you is, does he see it? Mm, that's an interesting question. Probably not. And that's exactly how everybody answers that question. He probably doesn't see it. And then the, the question is, why not? Because he doesn't believe it's possible. And so that's what we mean by seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing, actually. Because what happens is, is because of this guy's low self-esteem, he doesn't even believe that a girl would flirt with him. And so he's not on the lookout for it. He probably recognizes the girls talking to him and, and everything else, but doesn't recognize that she's actually engaging with him. And we actually see this in people all the time. I mean, how many people do we know that knew each other for years, you know, even worked together and had crushes on each other for years and didn't realize it, right? And then they're married for years after that. And so that's how your mind works. You can only see, so we have a concept called this field of perception. You can only see what you believe to be possible in any given moment. The more you believe it, the more likely you are to see it. The less you believe it, the less likely you are to see it. And it works on a scale. But here's the most disturbing part about that story about the guy in the store is the thing that he wants most in the world is sitting literally right in front of his face and he can't see it. So the question I would ask your audience is, what if that's happening to you? What if the things you want most in life are sitting right in front of you and you can't see it? And the answer is, it happens to you every day. And that is the key behind how perception works. Because if you believed it, you would see it and you would already have it. And so what we discovered is that the outside world is only a reflection of what we feel and believe on the inside, because that's what we see, right? That's what our mind focuses on. And by shifting what you feel on the inside, it shifts everything on the outside. You can change your life really rapidly. So how do you even take the first step to believing something different than what you believe to be? So the question is, is where do your beliefs come from, right? And so the question is, it's always like, well, if I'm not seeing reality, what am I seeing? Well, what you're seeing is an assumption, right? So anytime you have an experience, you walk into a room, your mind like does like a Google search. It goes back into this database of memories. It finds memories that are similar to the experience you're now having and places the same meaning on the current experience as it did the last time you had a similar experience or series of experiences. And so the question is, is that how do you start to change it? You start questioning your assumptions. Right. Not only that, you question the beliefs that your assumptions are made up of. Just because your mind dishes up an interpretation of your current situation doesn't mean you have to believe it. Just like if your buddy were to say something stupid, you wouldn't automatically believe his interpretation of a situation. And that's the key is to first understand that there is always more to see and to know in every situation. And that everything you're currently seeing is, is an interpretation based off of a past experience. And so what we have to do is, so we've got this piece of content. It's like, you've never made a bad decision. You know, what if I could prove to all your listeners, none of them ever made a bad decision. And what would that mean to them? And so here's why you've never made a bad decision. Because you make decisions the same way all of us make decisions. You take in all the available information and you make the best decision you can based on your best interest that you can with the information that's available to you. So the definition of a bad decision was, would be to make a decision you thought was in your, not in your best interest. A good decision is a decision you believe is in your best interest. Well, I don't know anybody that makes decisions that they think is not in their best interest. And so what's the difference? The difference is, is that you make decisions with bad information. Right? And so where does that information come? It comes from your past. Right? And that's what your mind is using for an assumption. And so you have to start questioning all of the assumptions and upgrade the information. But here's why it's powerful to know that you've never made a bad decision. 
is because once you understand that, it's not you. There's nothing wrong with you. If your life did not turn out the way you wanted it to be, it's not because you've done anything wrong. It's because you made the only decisions you could with the information you had available to you. So it's literally an information problem. Start changing the information, start changing what you're seeing, and change. that's how you change your life. So I know you at the beginning of when we were talking here, uh, talked about some pretty extreme situations that you were seeing, you were actually literally in. Um, was it in the jail cell that you began to change your perception or did you have to um, also make a difference in your environment before you could start doing that? So it was definitely the jail cell. So we have three concepts. So we have a company called Powerful You and it's, we're trying to recreate the personal development space, right? Trying to make it affordable for all, but we're also trying to make all the content kind of science-based and, and it's not just guessing. So we have three concepts that we kind of pin all this around. The first concept is a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. This isn't our concept. It's the Dar in the Carol Dweck sense of the word. Uh, do you believe anything's possible or do you believe nothing's possible? And based, and that's the belief thing, right? Is that when you have a growth mindset, you believe you're capable of anything. Are you capable of anything? And the answer is actually no, but by believing it, you can see more of the available information and more of the available opportunities. So mindset dictates opportunities you see or don't see based on growth and fix. The second concept we talk about is um, capacity to make decisions, right? And so we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so here's what we know about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's a hierarchy for a reason is that if you don't have physical safety, a feeling of physical safety, a feeling of emotional safety, then you do not have the capacity necessary to take on risk in order to change. And so do you have the capacity to make good decisions, right? That's number, that's the second thing. And so it's mindset capacity and the last one is power. And power is all about responsibility. And so how you think about it this way, and this is the epiphany I had in the jail cell. So when I sit in the jail cell and I'm looking down at the sheet of paper and I realize that I'm the only common denominator between everything that's ever happened to me, I either created all of those circumstances or I created none of them because I felt like a victim as, as so often people do, right? Like felt like the world was happening to me and I had no control over anything. And so as I looked down and said, well, it's just me, I'm the, I'm the common denominator. Did I create it all or did I create none of it? And here's where I got to is that if in fact I had created none of it and I really was a victim, that meant the world was a terrible place and I no longer wanted to play. Now, if I created all of it, that meant that I had to take responsibility for all of it. And if I took responsibility for all of it, that was a heavy weight to bear because I had a pretty terrible life. But it also meant that I could change it. And so, the last concept is power, which is responsibility. And that's the one I started in the jail cells. I started by saying, okay, I'm going to own it all. I'm just going to go with the assumption that everything that's happened to me, I created. And so I'm certainly not suggesting that I created the abuse that I was in. What is the creative element in your life? And, you know, what defines your experience? If the, if the abuse define me because I can't go back and change the abuse, then I'm stuck forever. What was it that defined me? It was what I chose to believe about myself and the world because of living through that abuse. So that choice is what created my crappy life, not the abuse, because not everybody who's ever been, been abused has allowed that situation to, to destroy them. And so that's where my transformation started in jail, was learning how to take responsibility for all of everything in my life. So person who, and let's not go with something quite as extreme as in jail, but a person who walks away from the beautiful girl at the, on the other side of the counter, um, and then his friend says, hey, you know, she was flirting with you. 
what would be the very first resource that person could go to to begin to, uh, you know, up level their belief systems? So that's a great question. So the answer is, why didn't he see it? Right. And it comes down to his low self-esteem. So what is low, what is, what is low self-esteem? So I ask people this question all the time. Would you like to have better self-esteem? And nobody has ever said no to that question, Steve. Right. Now, but my follow-up question is why? And they're like, Oh, because I'd show up differently. I'd be more confident. I'd have a better life, you know? And so self-esteem is such an important element. Let's look at that. Well, self-esteem is nothing more than your opinion of yourself. We change opinions all the time. Why don't you change your opinion of yourself? Well, because it's not that easy. We don't know what that opinion is based in, right? It's all these little circumstances. And so it goes back to figuring out where you decided that you weren't good enough, right? And we actually have content that walks people all the way through all these processes. At what moment did you decide you were ugly or, or fat or, you know, whatever it is that made you believe things about yourself that weren't true? Now, here's the ironic part. And I, I tell this story at the latter part of our movie is, you know, if you imagine somebody who's walking through a schoolyard and a kid like pushes him and he says, you know, you're fat and ugly, right? And the kid's a perfectly normal size kid and he's not, you know, ugly by any stretch of the imagination. If that kid believes him, right? And the behavior that he adopts to combat that is a bad relationship with food. You know, fast forward 30 years, this guy is fat and what most people would consider to be ugly. So what was once a lie, right, now becomes true or seems true, right? And what was once the truth now seems like a lie. And so how do I walk that back is to realize if I go back to that situation and I realized that I have to question the lie at the core of that. I have to question, did that guy have the right to dictate how I felt about myself? Right? And so even though the truth, the lie now seems true or is true, the fact is, is I was good enough then and I'm good enough now. Right? And so we have to go back and we have to question all of these false and limiting beliefs that we chose to feel about ourselves throughout our lives and realize that other people's opinions have nothing to do with us. And so we talk about emotions a lot. And this is the one thing we kind of say is like, stop making other people's emotions about you and stop making your emotions about other people, which means that we all have a tendency to project emotions on one another. And when we believe that projection, you know, it changes us. So the book is available, but you've also made it into a movie now. Um, is the movie like available in theaters or where could a person go and get the book as well as see the movie? So the movie is available to stream on our website, which is powerful-theletteru.com. And you can buy it there. It's, I think it's $12.99. Um, and you can watch it there and we'll have an app and you can watch it in the app. We've got other content coming out as well. And so you can stream the movie on our website. The book can be bought right now at Barnes and Noble or amazon.com. And we'll sell it on our website in a couple of weeks as well. And that comes out, I think 12 days from now officially gets released. Um, so the movie is, so we actually tell our personal stories how I ended up in, you know, all the trauma that I incurred to end up into, end up in jail. Uh, the lady featured in the movie, all the trauma that she incurred to end up, you know, committing uh, at a brutal suicide attempt, right? And so, and then we, we put these concepts throughout the movie around perception and emotions and we have a lot of teachers. We have the foremost authority in the world on neuroscientists, neuroscience on perception. Bo Lotto, you know, we've got a gentleman by Trent, name of Trent Shelton, you know, Tom Bilyeu. There's a lot of really great people in the movie. The book is a much more in-depth dive into all the concepts 
and it's just written by my wife and myself. Uh, but we tell a lot more. Everybody wants to know more about the story, and so we tell a lot more about the story in the book. The book is called Perception. Seeing is not believing. It's time to evolve by James and Steph Purpura. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or you can go to their website and you can even watch the movie that backs it up. James, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show today. Hey, Steve, I sure appreciate it, man. You have a great day. That was great stuff. I really love bringing powerful, life-changing people to you to allow you the ability to look at where you are right now but then see that even right here, right now in this moment, not next week, next month, the next year, but right now, there is something you can do. You can maximize today. You can make the best use out of it and you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back thanks for listening to thriving entrepreneur let's kind of wrap things up here first of all i love it i mean if you happen not if you're driving, but if you happen to be someplace where you're not driving and you can grab pen and paper, let's do that. Let's take a minute and really up-level ourselves in these last few minutes we have together. I have some really cool stuff, a really fun exercise, because as I'm always saying to you, clarity is powerful, and I want to help you get clear today on how to maximize today. So let's, uh, let's jump right into it real quick here. So first of all, what I want you to do is I want you to write down three to five things minimum. Um, you know, pause if you need to while you're doing it. Three to five things minimum that are great about your life. Now, sometimes we struggle with this. I get it. I understand. I've been there. Sometimes... It feels like there's just nothing good to look for at all. Nothing good to be able to say. So if you need to begin with the most basic rudimentary things, I want to remind you, you're still alive. The sun still rose this morning. It may be cloudy or snowy or it may be bright and sunny, but the sun still came up. You got another day. So that's one thing. You are alive. Again, like I said earlier, that's another thing. There are so many things that you, that we all take for granted that are absolutely things to be grateful for. I was talking to one of our authors and she brought up a very important point. She said now every time she drinks water, she feels blessed because it used to be that the third world country she lived in, they didn't have clean drinking water. And she loves to be able to even just turn on a tap and see clean water come out. So write those three to five things down. Now I want you to write down one thing about yesterday that was good. You woke up and you were still alive. Could be that thing. Maybe you accomplished something. 
I encourage you to give yourself credit for the things you did do yesterday. Because I think, like all of us, I think one of the things you're struggling with right now is that you're an expert at the things you didn't accomplish, but you forgot to look at what you did get done. There may be more than one thing, but there's definitely one thing. Write that down. Now, no matter what time of day it is, even if it's the end of your day, write down an intention. Something that you want to see happen now. Not, you know, five years from now, not, you know, next year I'd like to be 100 pounds lighter, or anything like that, but something right now, something that's tangible. If, if you want to be 100 pounds lighter next year, there's something tangible could be, I'm going to intentionally make sure that I stand up and sit down five times today. I've been at that place where the simple intentionality of just standing and sitting can be your exercise. And that's okay if where you're at. A lap around the house, walking from one end of the house to the other end, whatever it is, there's no judgment just purely and simply, whatever your intention is. I'm going to cook one meal at home today. I'm going to give my spouse a big hug and tell them I love them. I'm gonna tell one of my kids how amazing they are. I'm gonna call my mom or dad. Whatever, one intention, okay? And then I want you to write down one way you can, in the next hour, make that happen. Can you do that? Like I said, it could be as simple as, I'm going to get up out of this chair that I'm working in, and I'm going to stand up, and then I'm going to sit back down. And maybe I'm going to do it again one more time. It could be that simple. I'm going to call my mom on the phone, and I'm going to talk to her for five minutes, or two minutes, or a minute. I'm going to hug my spouse when they come in the door today, whatever it might be. And then I want you to do one more thing. And I want you to write down one thing that you're grateful for today. You found something yesterday. Find something about today. Make this a habit. Get to the point where you don't let a day go by without writing down what was good about today, what you accomplished today. Because you see, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose, and the world needs you. As long as we're busy beating ourselves up and making sure that we understand in our own brain just how less than and worthless we are, there's somebody who needs our help who we're not serving. So I encourage you to do the things that only you can do and serve the people that you were meant to serve. Putting your book out, joining us in Bestsellers Guild, standing up and sitting down once a day, telling somebody you love them, whatever that is. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business. Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp, 
youthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.